Hello, I'm Lydia Shimpole, and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Creepy Tech Podcast. This week, we are going to dive into voice editing software. Some of the big players in the industry are Voco, Learbird, WaveNet, and Baidu, all of which are making it possible for individuals to capture speech samples and use those samples to mimic and create speeches or statements that individuals never said. I'm pretty excited to be covering this, so let's jump right in. Voice editing software has been around for quite some time. We use it to make movies, podcasts, radio ads, as well as a whole bunch of other creative projects. Software such as Audacity or Adobe Audition have made it incredibly easy for individuals to produce quality audio content basically forever. The one problem that creatives run into while editing is that sometimes the recording ends up being unusable for various reasons. During an interview, the speaker may have mumbled or said a key statement in an inaudible tone or even that the recording became corrupted or destroyed at some point after and redoing the whole interview to get that soundbite just becomes impossible. Well, companies recognize that these issues exist and they formulated a solution. In late 2016, Adobe made the announcement during their sneak peeks event that led to some widespread concern. They were developing voice editing software named Project Voco that could take a sample of someone's speech, then analyze and alter that sample to include words that were never in the speech to begin with, and that sample would now sound exactly like that person. BBC covered the event in an article that states the following. At a live demo in San Diego on Thursday, Adobe took a digitized recording of a man saying, Quote, and I kissed my dogs and my wife, unquote. And they changed it to say, quote, and I kissed Jordan three times, unquote. The edit took seconds and simply involved the operator overtyping a transcript of the speech and then pressing a button to create the synthesized voice track. Now, the new audio sample would be almost indistinguishable from the original. And as they improve on the software, the synthesized audio could one day become impossible to identify. Around the same time, Google announced a rival software called WaveNet. The software, which has been researched and developed by the company DeepMind, can be described as follows. Quote, WaveNet is a deep degenerative model of raw audio waveforms. WaveNets are able to generate speech which mimics any human voice and which sounds more natural than the best existing text-to-speech systems, reducing the gap with human performance by over 50%, end quote. From my understanding, WaveNet takes the sample, analyzes the waveform for patterns, and then uses this information to create a pattern to the sample. This pattern is then used when creating new audio by predicting what the next bit should sound like and how to make it fit with the original sample. The DeepMind website does an incredible job explaining their development and research process. The link is in the show notes on elshampole.com if you would like to read through it for a deeper understanding on this technology. So anyway, shortly after the announcements of both Google and Adobe, another company jumped into the ring, Learbird, which is a small Canadian company 
and they came out of the gates with significant improvements to Adobe's Voco project and Google's WaveNet project. Learbird would only need to capture 60 seconds of sample speech to be able to convincingly mimic and alter the sample. Not only that, Learbird also added emotion to this technology. The software could now infuse emotion that was not originally in the sample to the new synthesized speech, meaning that you could make an individual sound angry and the speech sound angry as well as stressed out or complacent. All of these emotions could now be infused into the new synthesized speech. And sure, if you think about it, there are a lot of great uses for this technology. James Vincent, a writer for The Verge, spoke with Learbird reps early in 2017, shortly after the string of announcements from Google and Adobe. The Learbird rep said that the resulting speech can be put to a, a wide range of uses, including the reading of audiobooks with famous voices for connected devices of any kind. Um, they could also use it for speech synthesis for people with disabilities, or for animation movies or for video game studios. Google now also boasts that this tech can be used to improve AI customer service speech. And from their website, there's not much of a mention of the negative uses for this technology. Adobe also addressed the possible ways that this technology could be used. And in the Adobe blog, the company described the very issue I brought up earlier in this episode. The Adobe blog states, when recording voiceovers, dialogue, and narration, wouldn't you love the option to edit or insert a few words without the hassle of recreating the recording environment or bringing the voiceover artist in for another session? Voco allows you to change words in any voiceover simply by typing in new words. So, it's safe to assume that Voco would make the lives of every audio creative simpler, easier, and more efficient. This is undoubtedly true. After the initial learning curve that podcasters, voiceover creatives, movie producers, and musicians may face, Voco and technology like this will mean that they have way more options when it comes to making their art perfect the first time around. And although the benefits of this technology are substantial, the possibilities for misuse is also significant. This software does pose some substantial ethical dilemmas and will lead to significant changes in how we interact with information. There are a couple things that I thought would be the most interesting ways that people could misuse this technology to make our lives a little bit more difficult. So let's, let's go into that real quick. Number one, hacking. Number two, misinformation and spread of propaganda. Number three, the impact on evidence and our ability to identify fake audio. And number four, the simultaneous use of voice editing and video editing software will impact our understanding and perception of what the real world truly is. Let's start off with hacking. For quite some time, biometrics and voice analytics have been used as a method to verify an individual's identity. The U.S. government has even been using this tech at border crossings since 1996. Currently, some banks also use it to identify callers. For example, in May 2013, it was announced that Barclays Wealth was to use passive speaker recognition to verify the identity of telephone customers within 30 seconds of normal conversation. The system used 
has been developed by a voice recognition company, Nuance. This company acquired another company called Loguendo, which is the company behind Apple's series technology. A verified voice print was to be used to identify callers to the system, and the system would in the future be rolled out across the country. So, what happens when your voice sample is used to hack into your bank account? With software like Learbird, all a hacker would need is to call you up on the phone and keep you on the line for 60 seconds having a regular conversation. Or, in an even simpler example, they could be one of your Instagram followers, waiting for you to post a one-minute long video, hanging out and talking with your friends. That's all the software would need to be able to effectively synthesize any and everything that could possibly be said in your voice. In the future, this technology will even be able to use your voice, emotion and all, to speak clearly and believably in any language known to man. Adobe and Learbird have both addressed the possibility of hackers using their software to access individuals' personal information or credentials. Both companies are also taking very different approaches to safeguarding our data. On one hand, Adobe is researching and developing a digital watermark that would allow voice biometric software to detect when their voice editing software is being used. However, my concern is that the digital watermarking tech will always have to stay one step ahead of any hacking tech that is developed to outsmart it. I expect that no matter how complex and intelligent the watermark is, there will always be a hacker out there capable of circumventing the security as we have seen with just about any technology currently available to us. Now, on the flip side, Learbird takes a completely different approach. They intend to make this software completely available to everybody. The Verge article that I mentioned earlier states that Learbird's solution is to release the technology publicly and make it available to anyone. That way, they say, the damage will be lessened because everyone will soon be aware that such technology exists. While speaking to The Verge, Alexander de Brebisson of Learbird adds, the situation is comparable to Photoshop. People are now aware that photos can be faked. I think in the future, audio recordings are going to become less and less reliable as evidence. So, while making everybody aware that the audio can be faked is the first step to protecting individuals from falling victim to hacking, it doesn't do much more than that. Individuals will just be more aware that at any moment, their voice can be used to con companies into believing that they authorized things like wire transfers or removed fraud notifications on their bank accounts via a phone call. Now, the next one on the list is the possibility of misinformation and spread of propaganda through audio editing and video editing. In another article on The Verge by James Vincent, we saw just how easy it can be to edit voice and video to create a buzz through society. In the article discussing the Adobe demo with Jordan Peele, James Vincent writes, Using some of the latest AI techniques, Peel ventriloquies Barack Obama, having him voice his opinion on Black Panther. Killmonger was right. And he calls President Donald Trump a total and complete dipshit. This video was made by Peel's production company using a combination of old and new technology. They used Adobe After Effects and the AI face swapping tool Fake App. 
The latter is the most prominent example of how AI can facilitate the creation of photorealistic fake videos. It started life on Reddit as a tool for making fake celebrity porn, but it has since become a worrying symbol for the power of AI to generate misinformation and fake news. Sure, using this audio software by itself is believable, but imagine having video that reinforces and matches the message. Obama discussing Black Panther can be deemed as harmless. But, on the other hand, Donald Trump effectively declaring the onset of World War III? That video would be viral in seconds and the consequences would be extreme. And the weird thing is, our ability to judge the authenticity of information we receive through the internet is falling short with every improvement on technology and AI. Every single round of software updates to technology like Learbird or Project Voco will mean that more and more of us are unable to take in information and come to a true conclusion. And as we saw during the 2016 election, as I covered in episode 7, where Russian bots were used to effectively change the outcome of the presidential election in the U.S., the use of voice editing would have a tenfold effect on society. Audio is better understood and believed. Additionally, used in conjunction with bots, edited and synthesized video, and the internet, we could find ourselves in a mess all from the spread of fake news, as Trump calls it. Last of all, let's discuss the impact on evidence. Video and audio has been used for years in trials, disputes, and even in insurance claims. The ability to record sound and video as an event occurs has been incredibly valuable for not only police officers and judges, but also for the media reporting on these events. As human beings, seeing and hearing is believing. So what happens when the audio is altered? What happens if, let's say, during a recorded interaction between a police officer and an individual, the conversation that originally occurred is altered to make it sound like the individual was uncooperative or threatening. What happens when in that interaction, the police officer ends up shooting and killing the individual? What happens when that altered audio is now used as evidence in a case or used in the media? The possibility of evidence tampering is significant and it's safe to say that there is enough of a motive and incentive in these types of cases for tampering to occur. Learbird, Adobe's Project Voco, and Google's WaveNet create opportunity, both good and bad. And in my opinion, as tech develops, the need for ethical guidelines and regulation increases. Companies should be required to consider the negative consequences of developing new tech. They should also be able to produce effective methods that work to identify the misuse of their technology and provide protection in those cases. And I know a lot of companies are going to fight against this because nobody wants to be responsible for the millions of ways that their technology can be used. At the moment, the only one of these products that are available on the market, though not the complete version, is Google's WaveNet. A portion of the software is available through Google's cloud text-to-speech site, where users can enter in text and use the software to convert the text-to-speech in a multitude of languages varying in speed and tone. Learbird and Adobe's Project Voco are both not yet available to the public, and pricing has yet to be discussed. Although, according to the article by Vincent, 
Learbird reps state that more than 6,000 individuals have signed up for early access to its APIs. And Learbird is working to improve its algorithms, including adding support for different languages like French. This technology is going to happen, says De Bribesson. If it's not us, it's going to be somebody else. All three of these companies have made some sort of statement addressing the negative consequences of this technology. And Adobe's spokesperson mentioned that although there's no official ship date that has been announced for Project Voco, in the meantime, Adobe is focusing on researching the digital watermarking technology that will allow individuals to know when their voice editing software is being used. So at this moment, since none of this tech is actually available for regular use, there are no tips for protection that I could make for you to implement. Once this software is released, I intend on revisiting and updating you all on how to better protect yourself. I hope that you found this interesting, and I know this was a short episode, but if you want to know more, you can head over to elshampole.com, where I have a whole bunch of links to articles and other information about the voice editing software. As always, if you have any stories about your interaction with tech companies, apps, or gadgets that you would like to share with me or creepy tech listeners, please send your story or audio clip over to wyn at elchampole.com and I will feature it on an upcoming episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to the iTunes podcasting app and rate, review, and subscribe. I just got the first two ratings for Creepy Tech and it definitely made my day. So thank you all very much. And I hope to have you back next Tuesday for another interesting topic. All right, thanks. Bye. Creepy Tech Podcast. 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 Podcast.